0: Toasty Kettle Podcast, where we help you connect with the past through food. My name is James, I'm your host, and today is episode 76. If this is your first time joining us today, welcome. Make sure you check out our show notes and recipes at toastykettle.com. I have some more recipes from my grandma that I'll be posting in the coming weeks, so make sure you check those out. And finally, if you like what you hear, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts if you really like what you hear, I'd love for you to leave a quick review with a few words wherever you get your podcasts. So with the housekeeping out of the way, let's go ahead and pick up where we left off last week. If you didn't listen to last week's episode, we're going through each president and what they like to eat during their time in the presidency. Today's episode has a few recipes from various presidencies, so make sure you check the show notes for all of those recipes They look and sound amazing. Last week we made it through President Harrison. Next up is President William McKinley. So President McKinley liked simple and plain food in substantial quantities. They would have army portions of eggs, hot breads, potatoes, steak or chops, fish, fruit, coffee, And that was just breakfast. (laughs) One thing was certain, if it was breakfast, then they had eggs. Whether scrambled, fried, or in an omelet, they would be on the table. The McKinleys also really liked hot lobster salad. They liked the dish so much, they served it as the focal point of their silver wedding anniversary celebration. Theodore Roosevelt. (laughs) The Roosevelt family was well off. And they could afford to eat whatever they wanted, and it just so happens that what they wanted to eat was simple and hearty. Breakfast was usually hard-boiled eggs with rolls and coffee, and when he needed some variation, President Roosevelt would have a big bowl of hominy with salt and butter. He had very strong opinions on how his food should be prepared. His eggs always had to be hard-boiled, never medium or soft. His rolls also had to be homemade and served in large quantities with large amounts of coffee. Lunch was usually simple. The president would eat a bowl of milk with some crackers. (laughs) Sounds like a very simple lunch. And if the occasion called for it, he was able to eat a major amount of food. He could eat a whole chicken and four glasses of milk in addition to whatever else was served in that meal. So he liked to eat small meals, but... He could throw it down with the best of them if he needed to. I think what President Roosevelt ate, and I feel like he had a very normal palate and ate what we would consider normal food. In 1906, a column was published in the Washington Post claiming to uh, that Teddy Roosevelt had extravagant dining practices. And President Roosevelt actually responded to the article the very next day in the paper. And I'll read the quote that he, <laughs> from his response, because I find it fascinating that he felt the need to defend himself. So he says, the president indicates that but one correct inference can be gleaned from a syndicate story appearing in the Washington Post yesterday, which purports to describe at some length the culinary department of the executive mansion, and that is that the occupants of the White House partake of the ordinary three meals a day, the menu cards supplied, but the author of the executive mansion's pure food story might indeed be interesting reading, suggested the president, if it portrayed facts facts. When anyone endeavors to create a widespread impression that the president and his family sit down to a four- or five-course breakfast, a six- or seven-course luncheon, and a ten-course dinner, the president feels that a, den- a denial is not inappropriate. Instead of a breakfast consisting of oranges, cantaloupes, cereals, eggs, bacon, lamb chops, hotcakes, and waffles, President Roosevelt insists that the regular White House breakfast consists of hard-boiled eggs, rolls, and coffee. Instead of a luncheon of delicious viands as little neck clams, stuffed olives, celery, consomme of chicken, fish, eggs a la Turk, spring lamb, <laughs> new string beans, asparagus, mashed potatoes, lettuce, tomatoes, strawberries, and ice cream, President Roosevelt declares that when alone, he always contents himself with a bowl of bread and milk. When Mrs. Roosevelt or the children are present, the luncheon consists of cold meat, and if there's any leftover tea... Cantaloupe in season and bread instead of of a ten course meal at dinner, including almost everything in the list of edibles. The president declares that nine times out of ten, a three course dinner is served, and the other time a two course dinner. The paragraph in the culinary store referring to the fact that the president and his family eat about the same things as are eaten by other American families in comfortable circumstances. The president declares to be accurate if segregated from the balance of the story. But when taken in connection with the published menu cards, the president sarcastically inquires how many comfortable American families serve such meals. Upon the statement that every article of food that goes to the White House table is carefully inspected, the president humorously admits that the cook looks over the potatoes to see that no bad ones get into the pot, but that such espionage over edibles is all that is contemplated. The assertion that the White House marketing is all done at the central market might be true, but for the fact that none of the marketing is done at the central market. Pickney, the White House steward, is credited with being clothed with entire authority in buying provisions. Sometimes the president says Pickney does buy some fruit, but that he never buys other provisions. Special mention made of asparagus consumed at the White House as being purchased through the market is all wrong, declares the president as all asparagus eaten at the White House comes from the president's estate at Oyster Bay. The interesting declaration that Quentin is permitted to have all the sugar he wants in his demi-tas loses some of its flavor in the light of the president's declaration that Quentin never drinks coffee. So, <laughs> I love it. You know, uh, the paper said that he eats these extravagant six, seven, ten-course meals, And he had to get in there and set the record straight. Next up, we have William Howard Taft. And President Taft enjoyed the classic steak and potatoes, and that would be steak with a capital S was his favorite food. It didn't matter what meal it was. If he could have steak, he was a happy camper. A common breakfast for President Taft was steak. (laughs) Mrs. Taft ensured that it was on the table every morning for her husband Naturally, if you give a president a steak, you're going to have to give him some potatoes to go with it. Mr. Taft would also make sure that he had some form of potatoes alongside the steak. He liked hash browns the most. President Taft loved all kinds of seafood. He didn't care how fancy a meal was as long as it looked good and that there was plenty of it. One of Taft's other weaknesses in regards to food was salted almonds. And an interesting fact about President Taft, he couldn't stand eggs. It was the only breakfast dish he wouldn't touch. Woodrow Wilson. Woodrow Wilson was one of those presidents who didn't show any particular interest in food. The White House physician was so concerned with his lack of weight that he had an elaborate survey done by the White House staff to determine the president's food preferences he'd consider which dishes he seemed to enjoy and which he left untouched. Some of the food that he did enjoy consisted of chicken salad for lunch, and this was a frequently requested meal by the president. There was an occasion where he went to visit some friends in the countryside in Virginia. He wrote ahead saying, I'm very fond of country hams, peach cobblers, butter and buttermilk, fresh eggs, hot biscuits, homemade ice cream, and plain white cake. Now, I don't know about you, but in my opinion, that is a menu that would get anyone excited. And I'm going to go ahead and post uh, a recipe from Mrs. Wilson for uh, clam dip and angels on horseback. And then also her recipe for hot peppered nuts. So some good stuff there. The the recipes look really interesting. uh, So make sure you check those out. Next up is Warren G. Harding. President Harding enjoyed his wife's chicken pot pie. They enjoyed heavy food. A typical breakfast would include grapefruit, hot cereal, scrambled eggs, and bacon, wheat cakes with syrup, corn muffins, toast, and coffee. Because their dishes skewed more towards the heavy side, they would often have a light first course or uh, dessert with their meals. And uh, again, I have (laughs) Mrs. Harding's Chicken pot pie recipe. So make sure you check that out. Calvin Coolidge. Calvin Coolidge was an odd duck when it came to food. He preferred a family dinner over formal banquets and he referred to every meal as supper. This would drive me crazy. Breakfast is not supper. Lunch is not supper. Supper is supper. So call supper supper. Don't call breakfast supper. (laughs) He also enjoyed eating hot cereal that had been cooked whole without first being ground. And they would combine three parts whole wheat and one part whole rye. That was breakfast. President Coolidge loved pickles from Vermont. He lived his life the way he was raised. One motto in the Coolidge household is that a chicken really couldn't be good unless it was raised close by the kitchen door. And true to his upbringing, President Coolidge had a chicken yard built in the back of the White House and kept a small flock of Vermont chickens there. These chickens had a fragrant and odd flavor. An investigation revealed that the chicken coop had been built on top of President Teddy Roosevelt's mint bed. (laughs) He would often say that he never ate anything quite as good as his mother's pork apple pies. Herbert Hoover. So Herbert Hoover brought elegance back to the White House. Now we have a president who uh, is done with those simple dishes and eating small meals with the family. The Coolidge administration saw restraint in the meals that were served, and Hoover served the best of everything. They never questioned the amount of food that was served or how much it cost. Their only requirement was that it was of the highest quality and that it was cooked well. President Hoover was notorious for eating quickly, and the kitchen staff used to make bets on how long it would take for him to speed through a meal. Even though the Hoovers were highly formal in their mills, they weren't demanding. Members of their staff reported that President Hoover was one of the easiest men in the world to please. Franklin Delano Roosevelt. The Roosevelts faced some tough times during their presidency. President Roosevelt saw the country pull out of a Great Depression only to fall back into a world war. And throughout his time as president, Franklin Roosevelt's mills were a brilliant and often criticized snapshot of the time period. Now, FDR was raised in the comfort of family wealth and tradition. His wife, Eleanor, had a great knack for social situations and had no problem breaking all the rules. And I'm going to dive straight into the infamous presidential hot dogs. It's often said that you have to master something fully before you can get creative and break the rules. During previous presidencies, when dignitaries would visit, elaborate banquets were strung together. The wealthy elite of the world were wined and dined in a lavish and often over-the-top manner. On June eleventh, 1939, the king and queen of England visited the White House. And what was the menu? Hot dogs. It's a well-known fact that the Roosevelts often served hot dogs to dignitaries visiting the White House during the summer months. And there are some theories float around that Eleanor purposely served hot dogs in an effort to undermine the authority of her mother-in-law. FDR's mother never ate hot dogs and often wanted to serve uh, sausage on rolls to guests for these meals. So Eleanor would instead insist that hot dogs be served. And these were often served on paper plates outside the perfect picnic. So how did this turn out? I'll share a brief excerpt from a New York times piece that uh, detailed that event. The royal visitors and the other principal guests did not have to hold paper plates on their laps. Tables had been arranged for them about the front porch under its gently sloping Dutch colonial roof. It was with some obvious misgivings that Mr. McDermott first conceded in answering to questions that, that the king had eaten hot dogs at the picnic. He said that it was safe to assume that the king had done so since he had announced that he had been looking forward to the chance of sampling the favorite American snack. Later it was ascertained that the king not only came back for more hot dog sandwiches but that he drank beer with them. The beer being served from a top man uh, from a top man by experts from nearby Puffs Keepsy. Keepsy. Adding to the picnic fare were cold ham from various sections of the country, smoked and plain roast turkey, lettuce and tomato salad, soft drinks, hot and iced coffee and iced tea. The orange and lime soda pop seemed the favorite beverage of those who stood or sat under the lawn uh, or amid the shade of trees, although a number of guests followed the example of the king and drank beer. It it makes me nostalgic for summer, right? Orange soda and hot dogs. How American. (laughs) The Roosevelt's were as American as it gets with their tastes, and they wanted their guests to be treated well and served well, but they didn't take on the lavish banquet seen in the past. They liked dishes like cream chip beef, bread puddings, fried cornmeal mush. The president would take his breakfast in his room on a tray. Lunch wasn't a time for the family to gather, and it was often eaten separately. The president would eat at his desk on a tray, and dinner was an event that would bring the Roosevelt's together. Eleanor Roosevelt redesigned the kitchens during her time in the White House and added electric stoves and dishwashers. Another common family dinner was scrambled eggs, ham, bacon, or sausage, dessert, and coffee. (laughs) And another love dish by the couple was soup. The White House often had a big still soup kettle on the stove. Clear soup would be served at dinner, and a creamy soup was often served with lunch. It was said that you could give Eleanor a bowl of soup and a dish of fruit, and she would be off with recharged vitality on one of her trips. A favorite soup of the president was his mother's recipe for clam chowder. A lot of the food served in the White House came from FDR's mother's recipes. Birthdays were special and happy in the White House. The cakes were always expertly prepared and well-decorated. There was angel food cake for Eleanor and fruit cake for FDR. I laughed when I read the next part. The birthday cakes always had 21 candles. No one grew any older than that in that White House. Of all the things President Roosevelt enjoyed to eat, his wife's scrambled eggs were probably his favorite. They had an interesting ritual where Eleanor would fix the eggs in a hot chafing dish right there at the dinner table, and this was a family institution from the beginning of their marriage. With a hot chafing dish at hand, they'd place in butter, eggs, cream, and salt, and then she would whisk them with a fork while it was cooking. Great care was always taken to ensure they weren't overcooked, And what an awesome Sunday night tradition. I love that during a Depression era, the president made sure to embrace frugality. FDR and Eleanor stuck with the same meals and traditions they enjoyed their whole lives, including the Sunday night ritual of the scrambled eggs. And they would do this regardless of who was visiting the White House. (laughs) Franklin Roosevelt would play bartender while his wife made the eggs, and then everyone would have a good time. I love it. I also have the recipe for Mrs. Roosevelt's scrambled eggs, so make sure you check that out. Next up, we have President Truman. President Harry Truman was not a picky eater. He enjoyed almost anything that was placed in front of him. Some of his favorites were more traditional menu items like roasted or fried chicken. And he was once pushed on his food preferences and stated, Ever notice what's put before me? Learned in the army to eat what could be obtained and like it. In my outfit, when a man kicked about the food, he was given a chance to improve it. That soon cured the kickers, and they took what was put before them and liked it. So, learn to eat what you're served. Mrs. Truman was a fantastic cook and expected fantastic cooking on the table. They had simple tastes, and President Truman described himself as a meat and potatoes man. Family recipes were often prepared, and the family recipes were closely guarded in the confidential file. Talk about national secrets. Next up, we have Dwight D. Eisenhower. The Eisenhowers were not sophisticated gourmet eaters. They enjoyed meals alone in their quarters. They would eat their dinner on trays in front of the television. There was a lot of gossip at the time that the trays contained frozen TV dinners. President Eisenhower hit a point where state dinners were too exhausting, so a big lunch became the new state dinner for visiting dignitaries. President Eisenhower enjoyed oxtail soup when it was cold. He also enjoyed chicken noodle soup and cream of celery clam soup. President Eisenhower would cook a time or two for himself and Mrs. Eisenhower, and his specialty was beef soup. He would leave the soup simmering on the stove for hours, causing a lot of mouth watering among the kitchen staff. And I have included in the show notes President Eisenhower's recipe for old-fashioned beef stew. Next up, we have John F. Kennedy. During the Kennedy administration, White House tables resembled the Jefferson administration. French cuisine was back, baby. And this is a time when trendy Americans were embracing everything French. For breakfast, President Kennedy would often have a simple breakfast of orange juice, poached eggs on toast, Crisp, broiled bacon, marmalade, milk, and coffee. For lunch, he would enjoy soup and sandwiches. Always soup, though. President Kennedy loved soup, especially New England fish chowder. For dinner, he would eat lamb chops, steak, baked chicken and turkey. Mashed potatoes were a frequent side. And John F. Kennedy was one of those presidents who ate little. He often had to be reminded that it was dinner time. His job always took priority. You wouldn't think with a president who didn't care much about food that this would be one of those administrations that lacked a social scene, and that wasn't true. Uh, Jacqueline Kennedy was a brilliant entertainer. She threw big banquets and always had that elaborate French food served. Even though they had a vibrant social scene at the White House, there was nothing more unpretentious than what it looked like when they all sat down together for lunch. They would take it in their quarters on trays, and it would usually be simple soup and a sandwich. Nothing more, nothing less. President Kennedy, uh, I also have his recipe for New England fish chowder that I'm including here in the show notes. Again, check out those show notes. Lyndon B. Johnson is up next. When Lyndon B. Johnson came to the White House, he brought Texas barbecue with him. Breakfast consisted of chipped beef, covered with cream and a cup of hot tea. His wife enjoyed the typical breakfast food, such as eggs, waffles, omelets, and pancakes. The Johnsons loved fresh-baked bread and added hot biscuits to every menu. President Johnson loved a snack on a biscuit with ham or his favorite, deer sausage. He enjoyed beef stroganoff, lamb hash, chicken chow mein, chop suey, and seafood creole. They had a reputation for eating Texas-style favorites, however, the nachos, tacos, chalupas were often reserved for dinner parties and special events. They were also the first family to conduct a cookout at the White House. President Johnson was a man who liked to eat rapidly. He loved dishes that he could eat quickly but still enjoy. He wasn't a picky eater, and there was a common saying in the White House that President Johnson would gladly eat anything that didn't bite him first. He loved cuisine from all over the world and had broad tastes and likes of food. He frequently enjoyed German food and Southern food. However, his true love was Mexican food. It wasn't uncommon for him to entertain a visiting chief of state at a giant outdoor barbecue. I love his style. Next up, we have Richard Nixon. President Nixon enjoyed simple American food. He liked salads, fruit, cottage cheese, and meatloaf. And a shocking fact about his uh, dining choices, he liked to put ketchup on his cottage cheese. And that just, I already have a hard time with cottage cheese personally, and hearing that it had ketchup on it is just so gross. So on the evening of the president's inauguration, Mrs. Nixon phoned ahead to the White House to place the dinner order. She ordered four steaks and a bowl of cottage cheese. The kitchen staff had been warned in advance that President Nixon loved steak. However, uh, they had several prime cuts on hand and ready to go, but no one had mentioned his love for cottage cheese. A member of the kitchen crew offered to drive the White House Luma around town looking for cottage cheese, and thankfully his mission was a success. There is one dish that President Nixon loved more than almost anything else, and that was his wife's meatloaf. This appeared on the family menu about once a month. And once the public got a hold of the information that Mrs. Nixon's meatloaf was out of this world, uh, requests for the recipe poured in frequently. She responded by publishing the recipe for everyone. Check the show notes for the recipe, folks. Next up, we have Gerald Ford. President Ford enjoyed simple food. Breakfast was fresh-squeezed orange juice, fresh fruit, English muffins, and hot tea. Sunday breakfast was a special meal. The president would be served his favorite, golden brown waffles, served with the works. Now, the works means that they consisted of strawberries and sour cream. He also enjoyed a hearty German apple pancake for breakfast. They enjoyed fresh bread that the kitchen would bake daily using Mrs. Ford's own recipe. And it was a dense bread that was perfect for toasting. Lunch was often a simple soup and this homemade bread. Crab soup was a particular favorite of the couple. The first family dinner that the Fords had in the White House was prime rib, new potatoes with parsley, green beans, salad, and ice cream. They would often eat simple meals, soups, salads, roasted meat, nothing extravagant or fancy. One of the president's favorite vegetables was cabbage. They often skipped the first course of their meals and only had dessert on request. One of the rare requested desserts was lemon pudding. Next up, we have Jimmy Carter. President Carter would usually wake up around 5.30 a.m. He'd sip some fresh orange juice and coffee before heading to the Oval Office. After working for a few hours at his desk, he'd eat a light breakfast of fruit and toast, and one of their favorite Sunday breakfast menu items included country-style ham with red-eye gravy, scrambled eggs, baked grits, fresh-baked cornbread, and hot fried apples. They loved southern dishes. Mrs. Carter would take time to describe how they liked various dishes cooked, but uh, and she would explain that all to the kitchen staff. and They loved Southern-style barbecue, and one of President Carter's favorite dishes was spicy spare ribs. Another favorite dish was chicken and vegetable stew. On Sunday, the kitchen staff had the day off, and the Carters would cook their own meals, typically consisting of leftovers. Uh, plain chicken dishes were often selected as menu items by the Carter family. Next up, we have... Ronald Reagan. The Reagans were nutritious, conscious, and focused on fiber-rich breakfast food that was low in fat and cholesterol. They would start the day with breakfast together at 7.45 a.m., and it would consist of bran cereal, skim milk, fresh fruit, and decaffeinated coffee. Once a week, they'd have eggs served, and they were typically scrambled, poached, or soft-boiled, and there would be a single egg for each of them. Monkey bread was a family favorite, and this was a complete opposite of the light and healthy meals that they usually ate for breakfast, and it was reserved for special occasions or holidays. President Reagan would eat light lunches consisting of soup and bread with fruit for dessert, and he really liked homey meals of his earlier days, and that would include macaroni and cheese, meatloaf, lentil soup with sliced hot dogs. His favorite soup was hamburger soup. every once in a while, they would eat one of their favorites, a roast beef hash. Sometimes they would take it even further and have roast beef with Yorkshire pudding. Sign me up for that. Next up, we have President George H.W. Bush, to this point in the episode, we've discussed whether presidents enjoy fancy foods or more simple dishes. President Bush was best known for what he didn't like. He couldn't stand broccoli. He once said, I do not like broccoli, and I haven't liked it since I was a little kid, and my mother made me eat it, and I'm president of the United States, and I'm not going to eat any more broccoli. Now, this stand brought laughter from the media and from the public, however, it drew a lot of frustration from broccoli growers who didn't appreciate the negative publicity, so they shipped 10 tons of broccoli to the nation's capital to feed the hungry. President Bush responded to this by saying, there are truckloads of broccoli at this very minute descending on Washington. My family is divided, but the president admitted that at least one member of the Bush family likes broccoli. For the broccoli vote out there, Barbara loves broccoli. She has tried to make me eat it. She eats it all the time herself. So she can go out and meet the caravan of broccoli that's coming in. <laughs> President Bush loved pork rinds. People who were close to him claimed that his true love was popcorn. During his inaugural dinner, he chose a menu designed around the taste buds of George Washington. He called it From George to George. Next up, we have Bill Clinton. One source I read about Bill Clinton's food preferences said, most Americans today love or have a secret love for fast food. Mr. Clinton just happened to get caught. President Clinton loved to eat chicken enchiladas, bananas, apples, and vegetable beef soup while in the White House. A New York Times piece dove deeper into his dining habits. Hillary Clinton was quoted in that piece as saying, the good news is my husband loves to eat and enjoys it. The bad news is he loves to eat even when things are not always right for him. (laughs) The Times continued, President-elect Clinton prefers the stuff with fat in it, jalapeno cheeseburgers, chicken enchiladas, barbecue, cinnamon rolls and pies, but no chocolate chip cookies. Mr. Clinton must get his calories in other forms because he's allergic to chocolate and to milk. The President-elect's taste in food reflects the kind of diet most people his age and older grew up eating, Heavy on the meat, deserted every meal, and tiny amounts of vegetables. The tinier the better. Sims Barbecue in Little Rock, Arkansas, was a favorite of President Clinton when he was a governor in Arkansas, and they even offered to deliver to the White House. His favorite dishes from Sims? Sliced smoked pork, baked beans, and slaw. Sliced beef, potato salad, and sweet potato pie. Nothing I read about President Clinton's food preferences screamed healthy but they all scream delicious. I, of all, the, of all the presents that I read about and their food likes and dislikes, I think his were most tantalizing. Uh, so how poor was his diet? Um, you know, on the campaign trail, he gained 30 pounds. <laughs> so he loved to go on diets and off diets. As Hillary said, he loves to eat. Next up, we have George W. Bush, George Bush rarely made food a major priority. He and Lara Bush enjoyed Tex-Mex food. However, that wasn't the only thing that they would eat. They also enjoyed warm biscuits, rich, homemade chicken pot pie. President Bush enjoyed sandwiches for lunch, and he'd also settle for a classic BLT or a grilled cheese sandwich. And with the grilled cheese, it always had to be made with Kraft singles on white bread. Every Sunday, President Bush wanted one thing— a post-church meal of huevos Rancheros. (laughs) Next up, we have Barack Obama. An argument could be made that Barack Obama was one of the nation's healthiest presidents. He would start his day with orange juice, green tea, or water. That was then followed by an exercise routine, and he rarely drank coffee, if ever, but particularly not in the mornings. Breakfast was super important to the president. He would eat four to six eggs, potatoes, and wheat toast. President Obama would eat healthy. His diet had him avoiding sugar, carbs, and fat. He also rarely drank soda or ate fast food. Early in their first term, the Obamas planted the first vegetable garden at the White House since Eleanor Roosevelt's garden during the Second World War. If you want to learn more about Eleanor Roosevelt's garden, make sure you check out my episode on Victory Gardens. It's a fascinating episode. This garden was planted and tended by Michelle Obama, It provided food for the family meals and boasted over 55 varieties of vegetables. One of President Obama's favorite foods is chili. Michelle Obama posted the recipe, and it has ingredients that might seem a little strange, like turmeric and basil. Again, the recipe will be in the show notes. President Obama also would never turn down a good burger. However, he opted for smaller local burger joints instead of larger chains. He also has a special love for Franz chocolates based out of Seattle. He also likes to snack on trail mix. So if Barack Obama had a healthy diet loaded with veggies, Donald Trump was the complete opposite. President Trump was not a huge fan of breakfast. He would often skip the meal entirely. When he did eat breakfast, he'd keep it simple Bacon and eggs or McDonald's McMuffin. He doesn't drink coffee or tea. There's one love that President Trump has, and that's Diet Coke. He doesn't drink alcohol and has been known to do toasts with a glass of Diet Coke. It has been rumored that he drinks up to twelve a day. When it came to actual food, President Trump enjoyed a well done steak. And he also had a love for KFC. There are even pictures of him on his plane enjoying KFC. So let's talk about President Trump's other love, McDonald's. Two former aides reported that his typical McDonald's order was two Big Macs, two of fish sandwiches, and a large chocolate shake. The calorie total there is a gut-busting 2,430 calories. Another favorite order was two Quarter Pounders and a large fry. He enjoys fast food because of a near constant fear of being poisoned. He preferred fast food chains because of their cleanliness and, and their standards. His fa- he was famously said, uh, one bad hamburger, you can destroy McDonald's. One bad hamburger, and you take out Wendy's and all these other places, and they're out of business. I like cleanliness, and I think you're better off going there than maybe someplace that you have no idea where the food is coming from. And finally, Joe Biden. President Biden loves pasta and tomato sauce. He also enjoys ice cream deeply. In 2016, he said, I don't drink, I don't smoke, but I eat a lot of ice cream. His campaign reported that they spent $10,000 on ice cream. His favorite flavor is Jenny's salted peanut butter with chocolate flex. We'll learn more about his food preferences as his term progresses. I'll have to do an update on this episode later. And this has been a fascinating episode for me. I learned a lot. Again, I shared more recipes this time than I did last week. So make sure you check out the show notes to find those recipes. You can also find them at ToastyKettle.com. In the coming weeks, I'll cook a few of them and report back. If you have a chance to cook any, hit me up in the comments at ToastyKettle.com or on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at ToastyKettle. I'd love to hear how it goes. Until next week.